Good evening, everybody. It is just barely November 9th, 2019, after a fully loaded full gear All Elite Wrestling pay-per-view. We are here with the Wrestling Inc. post-game show. Um, after a match that our own Raj Geary called, uh, what he said, one of the most brutal main company pay-per-view main events of all time. So I am Michael Wiseman, your host for the evening. I am joined, as always, by Matt Morgan over there, straight out of Longwood, Florida, and our own owner-proprietor, Raj Geary, here to break everything down from the last four hours of professional wrestling talk here. So um, a lot to get to tonight. We're going to talk a little bit about SmackDown ratings. We've got a few other news and notes to get to. So let's just jump right into it. What's up, Matt? The hell we are. Get to the show. Let's go. <laughs> the hell we are. Get to the we show. We are. It's a four-hour show. Let's go. And it's almost midnight here on the East Coast for us. Matt, you're ready to talk. What did you think about Full Gear? <laughs> I, I didn't love it. I like. I love parts of it. Um, mm, the last match, even that was it was very impressive. But um, I still can't get away from the Jericho Cody match. Mm. Um, I should like that they've moved further, that they furthered along the storyline with him and, you know, MJF, right? But at the expense of Cody not having a chance at the championship again, I'm not a fan of. So I, I, I don't know how I feel. I still, I'm still figuring it out. We like race to start the show immediately as the show's over. Like, this is one show that I really can't say, oh, this was a C plus, this was a B minus. I, I really, I, have to, I feel like I have to watch it again. I'm being dead honest because I love the tag match. And there's other things about it that I love. Um, there's things that I did not care whatsoever about and fell asleep during. Which tag match are you talking about? The championship or the um, other one? Championship. Hmm. Raj, what do you think? <sighs> I mean, I, I, I kind of agree with Matt. For me, as far as the AEW shows oh. went, I, I found this to be the most underwhelming uh, you know, I thought the action was great, but uh, you know, I, I, you know, when I was a kid growing up, you had the Abdullah the Butcher matches where he's stabbing someone with the stake in the eye or whatever. If that's your cup of tea, that's great. If ECW was your cup of tea with you know the you know New Jack and the gangsters, you know, uh, you know, annihilating someone with a frying pan, that's great. You know, different strokes for different folks. That was never my style of wrestling. The Omega uh, Moxley, it was brutal. Um, but I preferred the Jericho Cody match and, and the storytelling and, and making, you know, that felt like a big deal to me. That one was one where I really cared. The other one was just, I mean, it was just brutal action. It, it can be repulsive to a lot of people. Um, I don't know. I, I would have finished with Cody and Jericho. I think it's too soon to do a lights out match when it's their first meeting. If if you grew up in the '80s, this whole lights out gimmick is supposed to be the end of a feud. It's after th these guys have been feuding forever, wrestling a bunch of times, and then this is kind of like the blow off. This is their first match, not counting towards the record. I, I just thought I don't know. I just I just wasn't a big fan. I thought the storytelling was weak. You know, people are like, well, if you saw Kenny Omega's Instagram story, you'd see why he didn't like this. And it's like, well, <laughs> you know, like. TNT is your audience. That's where you need to be telling these stories. Why these guys don't like each other. So I don't know. It, it, it was a mixed bag for me. It reminds <laughs> me a little bit of how they did all the uh, Marvel TV shows, right? And so you had the mainline Marvel movies, and then it's like, well, if you're watching whatever that weekly show that was on with the Agents of Shield, if you're watching Agents of Shield and all the Netflix shows and these other shows right. on YouTube, then you'll know all the little ins and outs and inside mm -hmm. secrets. And it's like, who's got number one? Who's got time for all that with the day job, right? right. And number two, it shouldn't be that complicated to keep up, even with movies, right? So. Uh, totally get what you're saying there. Now, there's an argument to be made, right, guys, that um, you you said you liked the Cody Rhodes match, not the main event as much, or the unsanctioned match. Different strokes for different folks. They put everything onto a card, make a whole card for everybody. Does that argument work here in 2019? I, Maybe. I, the, problem, the problem is we look at Raj's reaction to that last match. He sure. won't be the only one who feels that way. So question is, if, if we're talking to – fan Raj, not Raj with a business and a podcast that he's got to run where he's got to come on and talk about that match. Would that have turned them off? Yeah. Well, that's a good point. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, if you're watching it with your girlfriend or your, yeah, you can't watch this with your girlfriend or kids. It, you know, a lot of people would be disgusted by it. Yeah. I actually watched it with my wife and she could not watch big chunks of this match. I mean, the spot in the Cody match with the, the gash above the eye was enough for her, Which, but... I still couldn't figure out how the hell he did it. I know it was great. Listen, genius, he had his face on the face, uh, you know, the face plant. I, I tried to rewind. I was like, wait, yeah. I don't see it. 
Yeah. That slow motion shot of that, though, was pretty incredible. I kept trying to do it, like, with my thing and zoom in, though, because I just couldn't see how. I was like, did he kick himself before he did that? I was like, there's no way. Yeah, because he came up with the blood. It was pretty cool. I mean, don't get me wrong. What they did was amazing. But, you know, it's like, hey, oh, that guy stabbed the guy with a knife six times. He still kicked out. Wasn't that great? It's like, at some point, it's, you know, it's just... <laughs> you know, it's just not. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> we'll get to all that here in a few minutes. There are mouse traps involved. In case you didn't catch the show, you're just joining us now. Um, if you're here, join us in the chat room and be sure to uh, like us, follow us, all that jazz. But let's dive right in here. The pre-show. Now, I'm not gonna talk a whole lot about this, but one thing I thought was interesting was the pre-show, the way they framed selling the matches. Right? It's different than a WWE pre-show. Matt, what'd you think? I don't know if you watch much of the pre-show. Not everybody does. Did you catch those vignettes? Yeah, I, I thought they did a great job with it. Yeah. I, I did. They, they put a, and they're still figuring out who they are as a show, right? And I think they're gonna learn. There's a lot of good stuff they're putting on those pre-shows. Um, their dark show, even um, as far as their vignettes go, and building up these matches, that I think they're gonna have a home run with a lot of them. Sure. When they figure out, and they hit that sweet spot as to what works. Um, again, I keep going back to that Britt Baker vignette, for example. That needed to be on damn that Wednesday Night Dynamite show, I thought. But then again, the match itself wasn't on the main card, which I still think it should have. I would have rather watched that match any day of the week versus the Women's Championship match. That Women's Championship match literally put me to bed. <laughs> and my son Jackson, who's impossible to put to bed. <laughs> he jumps up and down in the bed the entire time. Any two people are wrestling, except then. Raj, we had the vignettes. We had the Britt Baker be a Priestley match. What are your thoughts on the pre-show from tonight? Uh, you know, I, I really like Rio. I, I can see, uh, but I agree with Matt. I thought that that match was just dead on this pay-per-view. I felt like Britt Baker, she's green, uh, but she's getting better each time. She's she's looking like a star, and um, she just just the fact that she cut that promo. That for me, she cut this promo that made me finally get sucked in. And to see, okay, this is why this girl is probably the future of their division. I get it now. Whereas Rio, I don't understand anything they're saying. Um, I don't know, except for homegirls, her former coach. That ain't enough for me. I, I just feel like Rio has this built in. It just reminds me of Kyrie Sane or, or yeah, Kylie sympathy. Ray or, or, or uh, Bailey. Sympathy, the sweetness that she has. Yes, that's great. I can also find that in the sixth, the, the girl sitting in the sixth row who's incredibly <laughs> adorable. She makes your heart melt when you see her smile. We can find that anywhere. What we can't find, though, is a, a combo of all of that. I, I made this point. I, I don't think a lot of people got it. Uh, I, I've had a few friends over tonight watching this pay-per-view. It's funny. I can get people to come over to watch the AEW pay-per-views. I have not been able to get a friend to come over to watch a WWE pay-per-view in since like WrestleMania five you years need ago. need to record it. It'd be cool if you could record it once. A live wrestling ink broadcast straight from Raj's living room? (laughs) No. Do they chip in, Raj? That's the question. Do they give you five or ten bucks? It's a good sample, though. It is. It is is actually interesting to see what a non fan, uh, you know, who they see as stars, and, you know, because we're so in the bubble. Like, I know who Kenny Omega is. None of the guys that were watching really knew who he was. They watched uh, a couple of them saw AEW Double or Nothing, so they knew him from that show. But. There was nothing to make them think that he was the best wrestler in the world or even a top guy. They didn't get it. Um, so I, I made this analogy on Twitter where I said, a lot of times back in the day, at the end of a party, I would put on REO Speedwagon videos, assuming that people would love it or they would learn to love it. And I think that's what Kenny Omega is doing with Rio. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Like, just kind of putting her in the top spot and just assuming that everyone's going to get into it. And I, it just is not happening so far. Yeah, there were some complaints about the crowd throughout the night, but I think especially in that match, it was highlighted how not into the that match, especially they weren't, they just didn't buy it. They didn't dig into it. As opposed to this uh, Britt Baker be a Priestley match at the beginning. Um, I mean, I thought. Britt Baker looked fantastic. Apparently, she had the flu, um, but I thought she looked. You guys talked touch on this. She looked amazing out there. Um, got 11, 11 and a half minutes to work. Um, all in all, I thought that was a great way to open up tonight's card. Mm-hmm. It was. She's a future superstar. Yeah. And man, if AEW can get Tessa Blanchard whenever her contract's up, yes. that yeah. is a game changer. She Tessa is so great right now. She's on fire. 
not to be not to beat up on Rio anymore too. The other problem that I have is just lack of credibility. I think um, Rio is very talented, but. Sometimes I'm just not buying that she's conquering all these. She's she's just so small, right? And size can be overcome, but I've just not been convinced yet with the way she's won matches. But if your character is larger than life, Randy Savage was small for his time, but he was so big as a character that it doesn't matter. Sasha Banks, you don't think of her size when she's wrestling, even though she's tiny because her character is just big. Rio's not there yet. One other interesting note about the uh, pre-show, Taz. Did commentary for AEW. Don't want to miss that. I thought Taz did a great job. What do you think, Matt? Yeah, you can see that coming from a mile away. The first night they had him out on dark, um, I knew right away they'd be – I guarantee you they sign, if they haven't signed him, they will. Yeah. As long as it doesn't get in the way of his, New York, uh, his radio stuff that he does in New York. Sure. Yeah, Taz, he did an interview with us like a few days before, and he was pretty much teasing that he's got a commentary gig coming up. So he's really good. Uh, you know, when he doesn't have an old man yelling in his ear, he's uh, he's really good. Except yeah. when he calls everything. Pre- pre- I think that's pretty cool. <laughs> he does use all the time. Like, all the matches. <laughs> yeah, that is true. Pretty cool. Yeah, we did have a change up on the main card too. Um, it was just Jim Ross and Excalibur tonight doing commentary for the main show. Um, what's his face? The former, uh, former guy got he was doing backstage duties. What's uh, what's his name? Giovanni. No, Giovanni. They said was on location. Um, somewhere doing an assignment, um, but the guy from the sporting league, the sporting league, everybody loves. Yeah, yeah, Golden Boy. Golden, Golden Boy, thank you. Could not think of his name. Yeah, he was doing backstage work tonight. So Jim Ross, Excalibur, holding it down. Taz could fit in there. It'd be interesting to see. So show opened up. I loved all the video packages. Show opened up um, with I think a match a lot of people were excited about. Young Bucks, Matt Jackson versus uh, Nick Jackson versus the uh, the proud and powerful Santina and Ortiz. Matt, you like tag team wrestling? What'd you think? Very good. Very, very sound match. Great way to start off the show, I thought, as far as the main card goes. No complaints here. I love the match, actually. It's one of my favorite matches. Raj? I agree. I think uh, the match was great. I just think this should have been for the tag team titles. I said it the other night. I'm not going to get too much into it. I just feel like yeah, your biggest star should be in the title picture to establish those titles, and then you spread it around. And Because I felt like the tag title match later felt like an underneath match, even though it had the Lucha Brothers. This match felt big. Young Bucks are losing too much. Yes, the underground scene, they all know who they are, but all the new fans tuning in don't know, you know, don't totally know who the Young Bucks are. Establish those top guys, and mm-hmm. I just think they're losing too much. I think they've won, like, what, twice? I, when was the last time they won a straight-up tag team match? It was uh, against the best friends, and, and before that, I think it was Cody and Dustin. Well, commentary team did go out of the way to put over the new AEW tag team rankings which came out and how this was going to impact that. I thought that was a nice touch as well. Um, you alluded to this. Uh, Santana and Ortiz did go over on the Young Bucks in about 20-minute match. Um, interestingly, uh, I thought I did not like the spot where Nick Jackson hurt his knee and then he was doing moves off the top turnbuckle before going back to his knee being hurt again. I thought that was a little bit of a weird thing, Matt. What, did you pick up on that? They do it all the time. Fact, I know, but it just I don't. I'm, I'm impressed that they that he actually remembered he went back and held his knee a couple mm. times. I, I like that. It's like you're willing to. It's Sabu used to do that all the time it's back in the day. That you're willing to kill yourself. You know you're effed up, and you shouldn't be doing this. But others will argue that you, in real life, you wouldn't be able to do any of that mess. <laughs> I suspend my disbelief that much more. Maybe it's fair. Maybe it's not. For a lot of these talents that wrestle that style, I know I'm generally not going to get that type of selling sure. um, normally. I thought tonight he actually was trying to pay attention to that selling a little bit more than normal. Yeah. It's, you know, teach their own. That's, that's fair. That's fair. Um, and an interesting spot. They did a Boston Crab um, <laughs> on top of a Camel Clutch, which was an insane spot. Um, and then, of course, at the end, we had the Rock and Roll Express at ringside getting involved. Um, was not enough to help the Young Bucks win the match, but um, a crazy little powerbomb there, too, um, by the Rock and Roll Express. So, um, yeah, fun around. Raj, I know you're a big Rock and Roll Express fan. I saw you loving loving this spot. What do you think? The Canadian Destroyer. <laughs> yeah. that was, I mean, you know, they got all the help in the world, but... Uh, you know, I love the Rock and Roll Express. They're, that's that's my childhood. So it's cool seeing them getting their revenge back and doing it in a way where it doesn't bury the, the current talent. You know, they were already beaten up. 
But um, yeah, you, you know what I didn't like about this? You know, people like to talk about how I complain a lot. So here we go. <laughs> that name, Pr- Proud and Powerful for the tag team, Ortiz and Santana. I thought I thought that name for their tag team just sucks. Um, you know, when you think LAX is so cool and proud, proud and powerful, it, 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 I have to remind myself, is it Pride and Powerful or Proud and Powerful? It's uh, It reminds me of Pride and, uh, what was Hercules and Paul Roma? Power and Glory. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, Hungry Lions were, were, were already taken. <laughs> I agree with that. But, yeah. yeah. It sounds like a Beyonce album, you know? It <laughs> Doesn't it? It doesn't work for a pro wrestling tag team. So really solid opening bout. I thought I got the crowd behind him and everything like that. We go over to, um, I think, one of a match a lot of people really stoked about here. Pac versus uh, Hangman Adam Page. And um, these guys got some time to work. Um, Did this match work for you, Matt? I know some people, we had some naysayers. What do you think? Yeah, what naysayers did we have? There were a few people on there that said it was too slow. Um, I mean, that might be speaking as a minority here. I was on Twitter all night, right? So, um, no, it was not too slow. It was the right speed. This was a very well executed story that they told in the ring. Um, even during Cody and Jericho's match, even when they were at the very beginning, if you go back and watch, um, when they were chain wrestling, you could feel the fans going down. Like that, they were losing the fans a little mm. bit. I was getting nervous if they kept going. Fans might have turned. I'm being dead serious, even with those two enormous stars. So tonight's, I'm not blaming fans, but tonight the fans were a little bit different than normal. And AEW, because they are, they have conditioned the fans to 100 miles an hour action, that when it is time for them to slow down and do the right thing, in my opinion, and emphasize their storytelling by do slowing it down at the right times, their conditioned fans are not conditioned for it. And then they label that as boring. Yeah. Yeah. It's not. not. It makes me appreciate what the hell the just happened. They stopped and it's back to again. You have to be able to do it that way. And I don't know. I appreciate it. I thought this match had exactly that type of cadence and pacing. And I liked it. This match was pretty well received too, right? So Raj, um, thoughts? I, I, I like the match. I, I, you know, I think Pac, Pac, I, I, I think Pac sounds so much cooler than Pac, so I'm going to call him Pac. Yeah. Um, he just plays his character so well. And and I mentioned this on Twitter. You will not see him on Instagram hanging out with his buddies backstage or him and Adam Page, you know, at a, at a bakery hanging out. <laughs> you know, he, he lives that character. And he, it's a throwback. It reminds me of the, you know, the old days. I, I love it. I don't like... Page winning, and, and this is the case for a lot of these matches where I could see like I don't want to see either side lose because neither side should lose yet, and I, I don't think Pac should have lost because Pac because he just beat Kenny Omega. He's on a roll. I just think you keep it going. If you have everyone fifty fifty, if you have everyone four and four, then what's the point of a win loss record? You know, you want to have your dominant people in the division. So when those five and O guys meet up, it's a big deal. It's like in football. If if you got two seven and six teams, eh, if you got two thirteen and O teams, that's a huge deal. So, or if you have a thirteen and O team going up against a you know a seven and six team, right? There's still a dynamic where the upset right. happened and it makes it interesting. Yeah, yeah. It's it's you know this the story here goes back a ways because remember pop pack did not want to put over page and that was one of the issues back at double or nothing because he was the champion of dragon gate at the time and um he didn't want to lose while he was a champion so people were like well he's not going to want to lose tonight he's no longer the dragon gate champion he's all in on all elite wrestling so he did give up the win but uh, a lot of decisions tonight like this to go kind of even steven with it and um you know that's the one thing i wish they would have learned from wwe is you've got to have a pecking order the rankings help but what do the rankings mean and that's what i'm still kind of looking for um, from all of this you, you need to have some people that are dominant and to be fair they have moxley they have jericho jericho's undefeated moxley right. technically has one uh, slight blemish but uh, i think pack should have been on there too if you're gonna have him beat omega protect him more yeah he looks like he looked like he could legitimately be a main event over this company tonight so anyway great match very physical these guys are gonna feel it in the morning for sure um next up we had sean spears uh, accompanied by the fabulous tolly blanchard going up against Straight out of the 80s, Joey Janela. Um, this was a shorter match, but it kind of showcased both men. Um, thoughts on this bout here, Matt? 
This was good. The only complaint, the only complaint I have is when they came back from backstage after the match is over, right? Joey walking back um, and waving to the crowd on the cell. I don't know. I just I didn't like that after the match was finished. I'm really picking nits at that. But this is more of a production note. I, I don't get what the plus is in coming back from, again, backstage and showing the wrestler who just had a very good match, um, I thought just lost and he should be selling a major major loss actually but instead they show him walking up the rampway kind of you know waving to the fans a little bit i thought that was stupid to do why take that risk why do that it, it takes away from the match that we just witnessed and it takes us out of that moment of suspension of disbelief there's nothing there's nothing there's no plus in doing that sure. every one thing if we just watch somebody wrestling for an hour, it's this triumphant babyface that tried to make his comeback but didn't get cut off and lost anyway. Um, I don't know. I just thought it, it took me out of the moment and made me remember that wrestling is phony in that moment. Um, again, I'm picking nits at that. That match, though, was great. I thought Joey showed he can wrestle. It is not just a one-shot phony. I love how hard Jim Ross was putting him over. I really appreciated that, and I really liked it. Um, his entrance rolling around like a goof like that. I mean, some people may like it. I don't um, I like everything else about him. Um, but again, I'll give him kudos because he's still figuring out who he is to a degree with that character. He's not bulletproof with that character yet. He's still figuring it out, and that's what's kind of scary. He's only going to get better. Um, I, I like his character a ton. Yeah, I, I, I agree 100%. I, that was the only part that bothered me too, was the, you take a spike pile driver to the floor, and he legit seems shaken up so they didn't show this on camera uh, our managing editor nick hausman was there and he tweeted this video a bunch of referees officials were checking him checking in on janela after the match uh making sure he was okay he seemed like he was a little stunned or tweaked when when you just get up and then you're high-fiving everyone leaving especially when you really hurt it just makes the move look like it it's nothing it just yeah. makes it look fake it would have been way more effective. You're taking a spike pile driver to the floor. You had Tully Blanchard doing his first like move, um, mm. you know, in forever. What if you had him stretchered out? It would have just been that much more dramatic, that much more effective. It would have gotten Sean Spears over as that much more of an asshole, like by doing that. Yep. Again, there's no reason for the camera, anybody in that production truck, to say, "Okay, go to camera for Joey Joe on the ramp walking up." Yeah. That that was an enormous mistake in itself. There's no mm -hmm. need for it. Yeah. yeah, they caught him right at the tail end, which was, was super odd, especially because, to Raj's point, there was footage of him lying in the ring. Um, something interesting, you mentioned Tully getting involved uh, for that spike powerbomb outside, which was an awesome spot for Tully. Um, but also, uh, of course, it's November 10th now. We're past midnight. November 9th, when this pay-per-view took place, was an anniversary of the Montreal Screwjob, who was the referee in this match, Earl Hebner. And what move did Joey Janela apply early in the match but the sharpshooter? So tidbit to your friends and family there um I, I i'm glad they didn't play too much on that that's so hang on, hang on wait hang on hang on let me go wake up my wife's been sleeping for, th for like two and a half hours let me go wake her up and tell her that hang on <laughs> <laughs> my beer, you don't know until you ask okay matt give it a shot <laughs> see what that does for you buddy but um, yeah, a couple of people <laughs> A couple of people did tweet that. I was like, it's it's just so outdated. None of today's fans know what the know what that is. But <laughs> attitude era ride or dyers do though, right? No, uh, Sean Spears, I did think looked really good here, and I'm I'd love to see them do more with him. He has that look, and he's bringing it in a way that he never got the chance to in WWE. So if you got Tony Blanchard there, have him cutting a promo on the way to the ring. Use him on the mic more. Yeah, yeah, good call out. So, yeah, um, we had an interview with Superbad Kip Sabian backstage with Golden Boy. Um, and um, this didn't really do much for me. Uh, what's the deal with uh, Kip Sabian here, Raj? Um, I haven't, I mean, I know a little bit about him, but tell me, tell the fans more. Well, he's dating Penelope Ford. So, uh, you know, uh, I'm sure a lot of fans hate him automatically for that. Um, Penelope Ford, I mean, she's you know, a future star in the making if, if they use her right. She, she's got the look. She does cool, flashy moves. Just a, her timing can be a little off, and I think once she gets it all, she's going to be a future superstar. Uh, I'm glad they're not do, doing, like, a Rusev Lashley thing with Kip and Joey Janela. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I think, you know, Kip, um, 
I don't know, Kip, Kip comes across like he's playing a heel as opposed to he's really a heel, whereas I think Penelope uh, has got a lot of raw talent. Yeah. What do you yeah, think, what you, your take on Penelope there, Matt? Yeah. Liger? Yeah, I was the first one on here to put her over. Yes. Yeah, I think she's a major star in the making. But um, even though they date, I, I did not know they dated mm-hmm. from what I watched their chemistry on, on screen tonight, actually. Um, again, super nitpicking here, but um, I didn't think that was very smooth at all. Um, yeah. I, walk, I, I can't believe they date actually. But uh, again, you throw me and my wife on there, she'd be the same way. She'd freeze. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? It doesn't mean that you know, a relationship in real life because of that. So not every relationship plays out well. I hope this does for him because you can see they're really trying to do something with him. They throw him in a six-man. Supposedly that was going to stick. Now they're throwing him in this gimmick with a little bit more uh, shtick to his character. You know, the glasses and the gimmick wrestling outfit that says I'm a jerk, I'm a douche, right? Mm. The glasses and whatnot. The haircut, uh, yeah. Kind of dated. And I also think it's risky putting wrestling couples that are dating, they're not married, even married it obviously is a big risk, but when they're just dating to put them in a storyline like uh, you know, we've you've I seen. Hope it works for him. He's super athletic. His kicks are the driven shits, though. If you ever watch him stomp on a corner, he's. You could tell. I feel he's not used to being a heel. Uh, um, I was watching one. I think it was Dark the other night, or was it Dynamite? Would he wrestle on Dynamite or Dark? Do you know? Last time it was Dark. It was Dark. It was yeah. Dark. His kicks in the corner were weird. Not not good weird either, but like an experience weird. And those are very basic fundamentals as a heel. So I'm I'm wondering if that dude's just been a baby face his uh, majority of his career, which I would imagine he is because he's he's a great baby face. He does a lot of high flying, a lot of cool moves too. Yeah. Just a weird I thought not to have yeah. down. So a lot of these guys today don't have their punches down either. That's why they turn the forearms. It just I felt like it was weird to put him in here too with this kind of in between segment. He's not on the card tonight. Um yeah, well, he's, it's, he's trying to get him some exposure. He, he's yeah. got a good look. Um, he, yeah, he Looks just like an too. Yeah, exactly. So. It, it's like with so many people in AEW, they need to work on the characters and really drawing people in, making people care. Sammy Guevara has been great at doing that. Yes, that's. I can't stand the tongue thing, but maybe that's for the point too. But he has ah. been really. Yeah, he has been doing a great job of of. Like being a over the top character, and and Ortiz and Santana, I thought tonight earlier in the show, they really, you know, Matt, your point about maximizing your minutes, and they were doing that in their that match with their gestures and their facials, like really trying to come across as more than just doing moves. Yeah, yeah I know we had thirty seconds here with Penelope Ford, but I also thought while their their chemistry wasn't natural, you could tell immediately she has potential i mean you've seen her before but even in this small segment here i think she she took advantage of that next up we had uh coming straight off the aew tag team title tournament that just finished up this past wednesday night we had a a match a lot of people were very 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 excited about um scu versus private party versus the lucha bros uh a three-way for the aew tag titles that jim ross pointed out at the very beginning of the match how unfair this was to the recently crowned champions because they could lose without getting pinned. How astute of you, Jim Ross, after all your years in the business. Um, yeah, high flying match, Matt. Um, how'd, it, how'd it hit you? <laughs> it hit me. Um, it was, this was a good match. I liked this match. I did. Um, I did think Private Party was going to pull this out. Um, just because the, you know, they're not looking at the championships the way most people do. Otherwise, the Bucks would have them. The best tag team would have them. Either the sure. Bucks or Lucha Bros would have them. Um, nothing or the against. OC, the best tag team in the world. But you know, yeah. <laughs> but, or you know, not SEU though. No offense to them. Um, I don't know. I, I thought the match was good. I was entertained by it. Um, anything with Lucha Brothers in it, I love. I think they they really are so dang good. I love Jim Ross's shoot reactions to uh, Ray Phoenix. Yeah, those yes. were as cute as shoot gets. He was yes. legit, like friggin'. I can't say the word in his pants. <laughs> essentially, watching him, and I, I was right there because I was like, the "Dude's running across top rope. Match hasn't even started yet." Just dude, <laughs> he's so good. Did they usually do that? I never noticed that. Where they, they both like walked on the top rope before the match, and it's crazy hard. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's it with nothing to hold him up. You know, Undertaker always has, you know, is holding on to someone's arm. Oh, but Undertaker's yeah. 300 pounds, so obviously it's still very impressive. But uh nothing like this, bro. Shelton Benjamin could do it, like but, yeah. but like you guys are doing it before the match. Like mm, is there yeah. but, like, to me and putting him over nonetheless. Sorry. He did, and he and I gave him a little bit of a hard time for that comment, but he really did put everybody in this this match over. Roger. No, for sure. And I think um I actually thought it was the right decision. I think SC you just crowned him. I think I don't think you want to hot shot the titles yet. I think any titles, the longer it stays on people, the more it means when it it comes off of them. Um, but I also felt like this match didn't feel big. And, and it goes back to my earlier point with the Young Bucks. Uh, until these tag teams are established, you know, put it on your biggest stars. And then when they get beat, it builds new stars. Um, SCU, I, I'm a big fan, but I just don't feel the uh the the big star feeling with them and, and i i really like uh scorpio sky i think he's got a ton of potential kazarian's been awesome for a long time but um i don't know I, this match i it, it was just kind of there i mean it was a good it was very good it was solid but as far as people caring about a title match uh it was third on the show i mean actually no no it was second it was uh it was ahead of the women's tag yeah the women's title match it was third on the show you're right um because it was the tag team match uh hangman page and pack and then this match and um after the pre-show uh but i I did you know last night i was kind of the private party naysayer here in the group and i watching them tonight i was like maybe you know maybe i'm wrong here because they they really did bring it in a a really strong way like matt said earlier that um they were just just doing fantastic this match was shorter too right it went just above 10 minutes here so that could have been part of it just a very quick quick hit match i think it was a good spot for it uh the big news coming out of this match of course is right at the end um pentagon and phoenix were beating up on kazarian and sky um, the lights go down, and what do we have but a Pentagon Part 2 um, turns out. He unmasks himself, and uh, it is none other um, than Christopher Daniels, the Fallen Angel. So, yeah, this reaction, I think, was very flat for the crowd. Um, didn't, you know, just seemed a little strange, Raj. Uh, did it seem like it was an exciting moment to you, or, or how, do, how do you feel? I thought Pentagon looked like an idiot when you see someone across from you dressed like you and you're just doing your mannerisms to them as opposed to going right after them. Um, other than that, you know, it brings Daniels back. It was it was fine for what it was. AEW, I think there was a lot to learn from a lot of the stuff tonight. Um, I think they, they had uh, such a hardcore, you know, built-in hardcore fan base. And I think they're gonna have to. I think they're gonna start to learn to move that to try to get a more casual fan base. And I, I felt like this was kind of one of those those rare misses tonight, where it was meant to be a big surprise. But I think because so many of the hardcores that saw this with Jericho when it was when it was Daniels, it wasn't as big of a surprise. So it was a mild applause. But uh, you know, it, it was it was what it was. Yeah, Matt, any other thoughts on the return of Christopher Daniels other than it seemed like a little flat? Yeah, you're right. That's about it. Nothing. Yeah, he's not been gone long enough either. It's been like a few weeks, I think. It just, <laughs> right. It's uh, not, not been months or anything. All right, next up, we've talked a little bit about this one already. Um, but we had uh, the Women's Championship, Rio and Emi uh, Sakura for um, the title here, obviously. And they got to go about 13 minutes as well. Um, crowd was not into it. Um, Rio obviously won. Matt? <laughs> They shouldn't have been into it. They went 13 minutes too damn long. <laughs> I'm being serious. I'm not trying to be a dick. I'm being serious. Uh, this, this to me was a no. Okay. Part of what you just said about that tag team match, Raj, sure. because also where it was placed on this show. Yeah, it's not the best tag teams in the world that have their title. Okay. But by the same token, they literally put their damn tag team titles in the popcorn match spot instead of reversing it and putting the girls match there because the people care even less than they did about the tag match than with these two girls. Um, this, yeah, I didn't, I did not like this match, uh, with, with the girls whatsoever. I don't, like I told you guys, I don't know anything about them. I don't care about them. I just know Rio's a young baby face fighting baby face. She's fighting against her former coach, some crap like that. I just I didn't care. Had Matt Jones in the chat room there pointing out everybody, uh, this new company, everybody won't feel as big. They're trying to build stars. So to be fair, everybody won't feel big. They won't ever be big if they don't get chances here. Um, and and that, my point is you use the big stars to get them 
to pull those guys to become bigger stars. Yes, and I'll also argue that point. Joey Janela on day one felt like a big star to me and, and others that had not seen him wrestle before. Um, he had something um, on day one. Who else on that show that people had probably hadn't seen before? Some of them hadn't seen Lucha Brothers. I'm not talking about the, 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 the smart marks. I'm talking about like fans that <clears> – <throat> The average fan that watched that tuned in and saw Lucha Brothers for the first time. There's tons of people. You either have it or you don't. There's something about you that sticks out on that screen, and you know some of you don't have to be built up. Matt, to to that point, if you invited a bunch of your friends over that don't watch wrestling, who do you think they would have been impressed by tonight? Who do you think was uh, seemed like a star to a brand new person? Out of everyone on the show. Yeah, and not just one person, but if there's a few, uh, whoever. The, the the Bucks, the, the the usual suspects, the Bucks, um, Jericho, Cody, obviously, um, the rest of uh, everybody. I'd add Moxley to that list. I'd add Moxley. Moxley. If you get behind the match there, he at least felt like a bigger deal. Because I had so. a... So I, I was telling you, I had a, I had some friends over, and they were into Jericho and Cody. They were interested, and they left during Omega and Moxley. Huh. I mean, yeah. it was late too. Which yeah. Help. Well, not for Raj. He lives over yeah. there. In it's a, it was it was nine thirty. Oh, he's <laughs> oh, not like us East Coasters where it's you know midnight thirty over here. Well, but that was like, you guys got to get the fuck out soon. I'm going to do the podcast. AEW <laughs> <laughs> so. uh, really does that. Rush. I, I agree with you. It does feel like more of a party event. And I don't mean, I don't know if for, for me, it's just like, the, I got to pay 50 bucks. So I want people to come over and help pay for pizza and, and help shill the bill. But um, yeah, it feels yeah. more like a big, I think it's because it's Saturday night. It's too, Saturday right? night. Yeah. Sunday nights are hard to do stuff like that. Yeah. Rio, I think about her in terms of who would I put her with if she was not an AEW. And you look at the great talent, Becky Lynch, Shayna Baszler. I know, you know, mixed feelings, Shayna Baszler, but Shayna Baszler is a champion. Um, even Bailey right now. And she just, I think she weakens the company a little bit right now because she does not feel like a bigger star. And this division has so many possible stars out there. My REO Speedwagon point, Kenny Omega, I know he loves Rio, but if you want to get this women's division getting steam, you need to put it on some stars that people care about. Yeah, yeah. So there you got it. Um, next up, uh, of course, was the main event of the evening. Chris Jericho, accompanied by uh, Jake Hager with Cody Rhodes, um, accompanied by MJF, for the AEW Championship. We were introduced early on. A beautiful video package here introduced early on to our guest judges in the event that it did go to the 60-minute tie. Um, I love this. Dean Malenko, Arn Anderson, and the great Muda at ringside for this. Um, and, of course, Cody's mom was there. A 60-minute um, a potential tiebreaker did not go that long, but there was a lot of emotion and a lot that happened. Uh, Matt, uh, did you did you dig it? Yeah, I, I definitely did. I um, I think they tipped their hand though, having the seconds come out to the ma- having them come out to their match with them like that though, having Jake Hager come out and having, especially having MJF come out. Well, that makes sense. He's having his heater come out. Why wouldn't he have him, MJF come out? Well, because unlike the rest of you fools, I realized MJF has been a heel this entire time and all but telling us this is coming. Sure. Um, and every single I watch, I see, I do watch all their other crap. I do watch the being the lead. I do follow their social media stuff. So some of these guys, I do see all their crap. And MJF is a heels, heel, true and through. And everything else he does sans Cody Rhodes. So, um, I don't know. So I just thought this was kind of throwing it in our face that we're going to see something here. We could see something here, to be fair, I should say. Um, but I love the match. I love the storytelling. I did get, like I told you, like I said earlier, I got a little nervous at the beginning when they were chaining that these fans are not conditioned for it. And I was worried they'd start booing it because they don't know any better. And they're like, this is too slow. What the hell? Instead of appreciating, appreciating the actual back and forth chess match that they were playing early on. Yeah. And and there was, I mean, this is definitely Cody's MO, right? To use kind of the chain wrestling in some of these. Uh, people call it quote unquote old school. I kind of hate terminology like that sometimes, but do the slow chains, um, tell that kind of story, sell the emotions, which is what Cody does so well here. And all of that here, uh, before we get to Raj's reaction, if you didn't watch it, um, the ending being that Cody Rhodes, um, if he lost, he was never going to be able to challenge for the AEW championship again. And um, he got put into a hell of a Boston crab. I mean, it was a literal lion tamer. Um, and 
And in Jericho the, was like kneeing him in the head while he had him God. in it. It was brutal looking. Yeah, there was a spot earlier where Cody jumped over the top rope, hit his head on the ramp, uh, busted open, bled a lot. Um, but he, at the end, MJF could not see his buddy in pain anymore, threw in the towel. Uh, only two minutes later, uh, when Cody looked like he was going to forgive him for this, he turned by kicking him straight in the groin. Um, I, I thought, Raj, how did you feel about that angle, the match, everything in between? Where did we just see this recently with the the towel? That was another Brandy Cody thing, right, with Kenny Omega, wasn't it? Or uh, in New Japan. Um it was just like a year and a half yeah. ago, two years ago, they had the the towel thing, and and Cody was it, it was it was kind of similar. But regardless, I love this. I I, I thought uh, was it I, was it WWE where um, Paul Bob Backlund or was it no? It was after that. Wasn't it like something with Paul Heyman in a towel where he was going to throw in the towel and he almost did? I don't remember that. I remember they did it with Backlund and Owen Hart and Bret Hart. Oh, yeah. um, but they just did it recently with Cody, and he was teasing, throwing it in. I, I mean, I'm forgetting exactly who it was, but uh, in the chat room, I know someone's going to help help me out. But uh, regardless, I, I thought everything about this was great. Uh, the only thing I, I think is a little early for MJF, again, looking at it from a television audience, he's only wrestled once on TNT. You know, so the wide audience watching on TNT has only seen MJF wrestle once. Give it a couple more months, get him more wins, establish that relationship a little more on TNT. Yes, if you're following their, again, the Instagram stories or what the fuck ever. uh, Sorry, I'm cussing a little too much. but, um, But, you know, if you're, people are like, oh, well, if you watch Being the Lead or you watch the Countdown or you watch this and that, well, most people aren't. You need to reach your wide audience, and the wide audience it's not as established that relationship, and you know get it more. But regardless, um, the way it was done was great. Uh, MGF, MJF, I think, is the best current heel of the young talent across any company right now. So I love this match. I love the story. I thought Jericho was awesome. I liked the ending where he's kneeing him in the head because it was believable that MJF would throw in the towel even if he wasn't turning heel. So. He wasn't near him. He was shoot. He was kicking him with the bottom of his boot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, damn. There's no way that's not stiff. It's impossible to control that. Well, then he cranked it. And see, I love this too because uh, Chris awesome. Jericho, Lion Tamer is a classic move of his. And we've seen the Boston Crab version for, for, for many, many moons. And it's been a while since we had a good old-fashioned Lion Tamer. So um, I thought that was fantastic. MJF has kind of been under the radar here in all elite wrestling. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong here, but I feel like they've just not done much with him. He's had so much positive reaction outside of the company when he does interviews and on Twitter and everything else. And um, I just couldn't figure out for so long why they were holding the punch there. And Matt, you watch, you watch AEW dark. Did you see that match where MJF did commentary? It was that just made the match. MJF is so great. Anytime you put it with Sean Spears, you put him right back down again. He's so funny. But, um, Honestly, to answer that question is because they were trying. I think they did do a good job of building the TNT audience to being conditioned that this is mm-hmm. Cody's, you know, second his 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 best friend, his whatever the hell you want to call it. As far as building that character, which I would have done, I just don't know if there's a heel and having nothing to do with Cody whatsoever from day one. I would have had that dude as my main heel next to Jericho, if you will, because um, he's that good. That sure. dude don't need no help from anybody i think he's easily the most entertaining heel i think we have in wrestling like and that's saying something jericho is right there obviously but um i think within the next six months and jf takes that hmm? i i could definitely see that uh i don't know if you guys have heard mjf on <laughs> chris jericho's podcast it was like six months ago but it yeah. is it's an hour-long promo <laughs> Yeah, that's all it is. <laughs> You're gonna hear some crazy story about playing Yale University, uh, going to Yale University on a football scholarship or whatever it is, and it didn't work out with the coach. Like, he has this whole backdrop story. It's hilarious. Yeah, <laughs> he's he's so natural with it too, and I think that's something you don't see as often as. Uh, we talk about scripted promos in WWE all the time, but MJF is just, he's a natural talker. Uh, he has that gift of gab and he makes his gimmick work. I mean, some people early on said, Oh, he's just another EC three knockoff or whatever else, but you can tell oh. he just owns it in such a, oh, a crazy not way. Even close. Right. Yeah. Well, some people, right. Some people. So, MJF, MJF. So he's going to be the top guy in that division. Yeah. 
fantastic. Yeah, nothing but the future. Stars for the future. So, there, people bringing up that uh, a fan threw a drink at him at the end of the match, and they kind of did show the fan. It almost, but I don't think that was a plant. I think it was just a, a, a goof on the you know the staff. There, it's you know it's a it's a new company and. You know, I mean, I security was, was rushing out there. If you watch the broadcast, they were like on top of that dude within that minutes. That was real. That yeah. was definitely real. You could see MJS. I, I could see like a millisecond of his shoot reaction, but then bringing it back together. I'm talking like really like quick. He's a pro. I remember the first time I talked to Scott Hall um, was after that Nitro when someone threw a drink at his head, and and it hit his head on live TV, and he just covered it up. And that was like, it was one of the first interviews I got to do because he, he and his wife were going through some problems and his wife had talked to me. So he wanted to talk to me and he was just so pissed. So I had like one minute afterwards. <laughs> but, uh, you know, that stuff, people think everything in wrestling is a work and it, it's not. Yeah, I would uh, never condone a fan doing that. And I'm not <laughs> saying fans, you should go do that. But the way he owned that moment and especially immediately after a heel turn like that reminded me a lot of whenever fans trashed the arena when Hogan turned. And so uh, it added to the moment in this kind of weird way. So MJF was so good in that moment that it made people think that it was part of the show, but it yeah. wasn't. Yeah, exactly. So. Mm-hmm. And I kind of disagree, Matt. I would not have wanted him to be healed from the get go because maybe this is just me. But his entrance with Cody Rhodes back at Double or back at All Out, where they all came dressed out in Star Trek Next Generation uniforms, we would never have gotten that. We've never gotten him he, as the red shirt. He has been healed, though. He has. He's never been a face. <laughs> he's just been a heel that's been Cody Rhodes' friend. Heel, a secret heel. I was trying to answer your question, Glenn. I'm Glenn. Jesus Christ. <laughs> so so no i mean raj um to answer your question earlier about tnt only fans watching that show what have they seen of mjf and it is being his second is what i was saying yeah, yeah. Um, they didn't see any of his heel stuff except for day one maybe uh, yeah. if that right versus there's brandon cutler that one match no is it right yeah. So the majority of the time, if it's anything, it's him being in the background as Cody's Cody's boy. Yeah. And well, this does say, this does put the rocket strap on him. Well, and that's why I say you're right. He's been a heel. If you watch interviews, you go. We've been in scrums. He obviously talks down to us because we're media. Um, <laughs> he's, yeah, he's been a heel for sure. But if you watch TV, the way Cody has put him over for months and months and months, he has mm-hmm. been kind of a, a warm presence, and he's looked out for Cody Rhodes, which is not typical heel behavior. But it. It added to this match here, and I'm excited for this feud. I, I wonder if that's how they get around well, the stipulation. I hope they they obviously think a lot about it, Michael, because they literally just put it on the line that Cody Rhodes can never wrestle for the world title again. So they must see major dollar signs in that feud between the yeah. two. Well, and maybe this is how they work around it in some way, MJF, because they could. I don't know. Well, well, more to come on that front. Um, and then, yeah, the show ended. Um, the the official show ended. They flipped the lights out and on. Um, even though it was unsanctioned, they still had an AEW referee out there. They still got AEW entrances, and guys still came to help them out whenever they were all in the barbed wire match. But yeah, the main event um, that was after the show ended, we got the lights out match between John Moxley and Kenny Omega. And we talked a lot about this, but there was some crazy spots in this match with glass. They used mouse traps at one point. They had a board pulled out a board just full of mouse traps um barbed wire bats we had barbed wire nets to fall into um jim Cornette is going to gut this match <laughs> <laughs> that's all i kept thinking i was like i wonder what Corn- he's gonna like, that should not be what's on my mind but that is what's on my mind <laughs> he's going to make seven podcasts out of this one having <laughs> a connected right now i could feel it oh man <laughs> These guys great. got some time to work too. What was it like? Twenty-five minutes they went, something like that. Yeah, uh, yeah. Let me ask you a question: Does this hurt Dean Ambrose at all, Raj? In your eyes, as being that humongous WrestleMania level main event talent that I felt he felt and looked like coming into the AEW arena on night one. I, I just felt like this stuff just feels like gimmick. I don't want to call it garbage wrestling. That's Jim Cornette. Um, it just doesn't feel big league. It doesn't feel major league. It just feels like you're doing stunts 
you're doing it well. It looks brutal. And, the, and so, again, I had my buddies over, and they're like, oh, man, that barbed wire looks so fake. And I'm like, that's not fake barbed wire. That's real barbed wire. You know, they, the people that don't watch, they don't think that any of this stuff is real. Yeah, they just people think the tables were for fake and chairs were fake. Yeah, yeah, they think the chairs are tin or whatever. And so you're killing yourselves for this hardcore audience that's going to like it regardless. And the 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 non-hardcore court audience thinks that it's all BS anyway. So when I saw that though, Raj, when I saw fans, a lot of fans were saying that family members even when I first started with the WWF and I, I took like a chair shot to the head. I remember I, my answer was always when they're like, is that chair fake? I was like, I wish it were. <laughs> and then in the back of my head, I'm like, why isn't it that? If everyone else thinks this shit is fake, like the chair is fake, this table's fake, why are we giving them real ones then? <laughs> right. We're the freaking marks here working ourselves here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Everybody else uh, don't believe it's real. What are we doing? Yeah. The one time, I, I, the one hardcore match where I had. Uh, non-wrestling fans over it was that hell in the cell with mankind and undertaker when he threw him off the top of the cage and that's where they were like holy crap you can't fake that you know like even, no matter how much padding you have under the table that's what they thought but um, he looked like he died even when you go back and watch it today like, yeah. i'm thinking he died yeah i i gotta stand up for this match guys i i know you guys have, and i'm listen not a deathmatch yeah. fan i was I, never at ecw hardcore i stuck to the mainline wwf wcw um i didn't watch mox before he came to wwe or nxt but um yeah and i i kenny omega is a machine but i really enjoyed the pacing of this i enjoyed the creativeness the inventiveness of it i'm not saying it's a five-star classic but I thought it did add a level of intensity to this card that um, we otherwise were missing. And, and you know, again, Jericho and Cody Rhodes had great work out there. The tag team matches were high-flying fun. Uh, but I just enjoyed watching the brutality of this in a way that was maybe a little bit sick. Maybe, maybe I'm sick in the head. <laughs> yes, Michael, you are. What, 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 you're not, you're not going to be the only one that says that. Lots of fans are going to say that they like this, too. Yeah. Uh, when you say that uh, this show is missing the intensity that this match provided, are you referring to the mousetrap part, or are you referring to... <laughs> Let me rephrase that. Intensity is not the right yeah. word, because yeah. I think yeah. that I think that a pack and um, Paige brought it earlier in the night, and I think Cody Rhodes yeah. and Jericho did as well, that level of seriousness. But this had an edge to it, um, just uh, literally had sharp edges to it, that I think was uh, just... It made you... When wrestling makes you feel a little bit uncomfortable sometimes, to me, that's reaching me in a way that you don't always get. I mean, when, when Cody Rhodes got busted open, I felt a little bit uncomfortable. When guys in the octagon, octagon punch the shit out of each other and bust themselves open, that makes me feel a little uncomfortable. And not that I want brutality, but sometimes it does add an element of where is this going to go and unpredictability that I do enjoy. I... You know, my my point again to to all this is what what is the story with these guys? Without with sure. what's been told on TV, um, you know, Moxley showed up and DDT'd him on some fake poker chips and and DDT'd you know uh, Chris Jericho. That's the story. Like, what is the story here that you need to lead to this? build you know that you have to have this big lights out match that doesn't count the first time out um i felt like that story wasn't told on tv outside of that um what about the ddt through the glass table or right i know they've been brawling but why like that that part hasn't been told why do these guys hate each other because he made fun of him for having mercy and not being tough enough to get through it that was never on tv though that's you know again. That's my point. Like the, from for a national TV audience, that that story was never told. Um, this, this does feel like this should have been a match that was six months down the road at least. Exactly. A, like, killer. well, they did the same thing with Mox and Janela. They just put them out there back in the summer at Fighter Fest in a very was, similar match. That was meant to do what it was meant to do: highlight Joey and give him a blood and gut match that fans wanted to see. You know, that's, sure. That that was more important than their storyline between the two wrestlers having any story. Exactly. Yeah. To Matt's point, that was before they were on TV. You you want to get over these steps. You want to get over these new characters. Now that they're on TV, you've had six six weeks to give these guys promos to really 
say why they want to get at each other. And, you know, the one promo was Moxley talking about why he's upset that it's a lights out match. You didn't didn't go. Okay. So that didn't give it to you when he was in there, like yelling at Tony Khan and Tony Khan was very calm. (laughs) Oh, I know you like it. It's a great Tony Khan impression, Ross. Good job, man. I don't know. I love Tony Khan, but I'm just saying that uh, as far as never giving a reason why they're they're feuding. And uh, on TV, again, you know, uh, following social media, whatever, most people don't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and, and, and I think to that point, too, the whole thing here was John Moxley wanted to take out the top dog so he could be in line for a title match. So I think say it was it. last night, Raj. Right. If it's unsanctioned, it doesn't matter. Why would you put your body on the line? I mean, maybe it is because Moxley is unhinged. He's crazy. He'll do whatever. Um, but I, I think, again, that that lack of kind of consistent storytelling. Why did it have to be unsanctioned? Why couldn't it count for wins and losses? But Omega lost again. Uh, the best wrestler in the world. Right. According to many people, lost another match. So there you go. Final grade for tonight's pay-per-view, Matt. What do you give it? I have to go back and watch. I'm not saying I have to get out of grading. I swear to God. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like I have to watch it again. I'm being so serious. Um, so good. Matt wants to rewatch it. That's no, his right, I, gotta, I gotta give you guys a grade though. Um, I, have to. I hate to give him a B. Mm-hmm. I hate to give him a B minus. Mm, no B B because of the MJF part. Um, B. Raj. I hate saying B because I think I've given WWE pay-per-views an A- minus or B plus, and this was better than probably any WWE pay-per-view I've seen in a while, you know? But it was also the weakest AEW pay-per-view, I think, till date, you know, of outside of the Fighter Fest and Fight for the Fallen of the yeah, pay-per-views. Yeah, yeah uh, the pay-per-views, I thought this was the weakest one. So for AEW, I'd, I'd say a B. Um you know, I'm I'm a big fan of what they're doing, but I felt like tonight was it was Jericho and Cody for me. I thought that was the end all be all, and then the rest was kind of the standard stuff. Or you know, if you love hardcore stuff, that you know that you're gonna love the Omega Moxie match. It's not my cup of tea. Hmm. I would probably give it. I mean, this is great on a scale because I think pay per views in general have to become very watered down and diluted. So just something different here. But I would probably give it an A minus. Just um, you know, it did not have the spark that I think that some of the earlier shows did with the crowd and the it's brand new, it's fresh, it's shiny and all that. But I still did think it was a very enjoyable show that kept my attention. Other than the women's title match, which I kind of got like Matt's son sleepy by, um, but the rest of the show kept my attention. Um, and that's four and a half hours. That's impre- five hours if you include the pre-show. That's pretty damn impressive in my book. So, <laughs> compared to this Crown Jewel, okay. So against Crown Jewel, I think Crown Jewel would be like a D plus, and this would be a B. But against like you know uh, double or nothing, this is a B minus, and that was an A plus. Yeah, there you go. So overall, enjoyable evening. Next, what is the next pay per view? Is it um, Rush? You know, they didn't announce that tonight, right? I thought they were going to. Yeah, it, it should be in January. Yeah, I would just like to point out one last time. I thought Jim Ross did a really good job tonight of really stepping up. And if he didn't know something, and Excalibur did, he like he put him over for it instead of chumping him out for knowing it. You know what I mean? And basically yeah. called him a little Mark boy for knowing those things. He took him more serious tonight. But I also liked how he took care of the wrestlers. The minute he talks about these wrestlers, he instantly makes them. In my for for me, my fandom and watching the, the wrestling all the, over these years, he's the voice right of wrestling. He's to all of us. He's the voice of wrestling. So when he's putting over, like I said, I use a Joey Janela as the example. He's made. I feel he's made when you hear him talking like that about Ray Phoenix and all these other stars. He was really trying tonight. I felt a lot. And um, it's going to go a long way in that company. He continues to do that. Such an advantage. You know what I mean? To be able to control every match by the commentator that can get people over if he just talks good about him because he's that over himself. Yeah. You could tell when Jim Ross. <laughs> you could really tell when Jim Ross uh, ain't feeling something. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I do pop for it, which yeah, I do yeah. pop for privately. Too. Yeah, exactly. You, you love it because you're like, oh, who, who the hell's a legal band? No one even knows anymore. Enough <laughs> 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 
And, and I think Jim Ross, you got to give credit. I've, I've been, I was critical of Jim Ross when he first took over this job and back when he was doing New Japan in between. And I was like, Jim Ross is not the same Jim Ross he once was. And he went through a lot of things in his personal life, I think, that contributed to some of that. Also, he was a little bit rusty. He wasn't doing commentary week over week over week. And I think he's been doing this long enough now. He's back into it, you know? Well, I also think that Jim Ross does have the mainstream feel to him. I think he yeah. sees... The guys that the mainstream audience sees as big stars as big stars and the guys that wouldn't as they aren't. And he just has a hard time hiding that. Like he's you can tell when he's talking about Chris Jericho or Cody, he's into it when he's talking about, uh, you know, Joey, Jan yeah, not Joey Janela, but uh, at least Cassidy, definitely Orange Cassidy, the best friends, you know, when the tag matches where all that stuff's going on, you could tell he's just he just finds it ridiculous. So that's all on the All Elite Wrestling front for the evening. Raj, we had a couple other news and notes. SmackDown ratings came out. SmackDown was oh, SmackDown was up um, quite a you know for what I thought was kind of a boring show. It was it was actually a, a, a good audience. It was well, let me bring this up here. It was two point six one seven million viewers on the overnights. The final ratings will probably end up falling in there. Um, was number one drew a 0.85 rating in the 18 to 49 uh so number nine in that demo number four for the night you know uh against the other shows but it was it was up at four percent from last friday smackdown so uh it's good number the invasion. it's the invasion it's 100 the invasion uh, you know what they they shouldn't stop this at survivor series they should have it pick up yeah yep. survivor series right. should be the the turning point like nxt picks up right what do you Business think, Matt? is about to pick up. I keep watching. I totally will keep watching. It's my favorite part of the, the programming right now. Does yeah. viewership go down next week, though? That's my concern. Because last night's show, as we said last night, nothing to write home about. I think the intrigue is there, though, because there are these. There's so many of these stars that they, you know, could be coming up. Um, but to the mainstream, like I went on Fox again yesterday to talk about it. I could not explain to them before we went on the air about there's a third brand called NXT and this is what they are. I literally felt like, oh, crap, we're running out of time to discuss this. We're going live, so I'm just going to call them NXT rookies, and that will explain it to them as we're on the air and make it make more sense what a big to-do this was of them attacking the SmackDown stars and stuff, right? But that's the point. We 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 gotta um, even though they're on USA, I would still argue it's not main it's not mainstream across the board as these anchors that only know The Rock yeah. and only know Stone Cold and Hulk Hogan and that's and Andre the Giant. Do you know you what I mean? Like a little pamphlet, like a little pamphlet handout. Do you not know what NXT is? Well, here's you a pamphlet. Have you heard about NXT? I, I was a little yeah disheartened by it. Like, Damn, <laughs> NXT is my favorite show. You're totally trumping it. <laughs> do you have people going uh, when you t tell them about NXT they're like oh you mean next are you talking about next <laughs> I have that app it's like no 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 it's a wrestling company <laughs> did anybody ever go is that where Daniel Bryan got his start because I remember seeing that show about 10 years ago it's a pretty with it fan though that's a bunch yeah. of with well, it fan. Sure. yeah absolutely this is real quick i i showed my wife i was like i told her i was like you do not understand what nxt used to be so she watches wrestling with me from time to time she could not watch the barbed wire match tonight but she checks in especially with wwe and um i showed her that first run of nxt on sci-fi and how strange and surreal the whole thing was and she could not get over that was such a bizarre thing wwe did back then with the rookies and the miz was daniel bryan mentor it was they just, had to like carry the kegs and run yes. to the ring <laughs> like a game show yeah. meets wrestling show meets it reality sucked. show yeah um well the last thing we got so they were going to do a, a, a smackdown a raw taping on december 17th that they canceled this is the first time i can think that they've canceled a raw television taping a month out um it was being taped ahead of time uh because it's christmas week that they were going to air it so what they're going to do now, so clearly ticket sales were bad. They used the whole scheduling conflict excuse. So they canceled the raw television taping. They're going to do two tapings now on uh, December 16th uh, at the Wells Fargo Arena. So they're going to so six hours of raw uh, for fans that attend that show. So they're going to tape two shows. One's going to you know air live on the 16th. The, ne the next one's going to air the following week. So 
um, these uh, cancellations, the attendance, it's it's a bad sign. So, you know, SmackDown ratings, that's a good sign, but uh, fewer and fewer people are paying for WWE right now. And AEW is kind of heading in that same direction right now. Fewer, you know, you saw those automatic sellouts, now you're seeing the slowing down and the ratings dropping. So, uh, we'll see. WWE did do a cancellation one time, not because of attendance, but um, whenever, like, a week out or something, remember? The there was Lakers? a water pipe or something broke. Well, it was, like, the playoff game. Like, they had double booked. WWE. Oh, that was in Denver. Yeah. And then they had it? Stanley Kroenke. They had a guy playing Stanley Kroenke, whatever yes, the guy's name That was, was um, uh, what's-his-face's last um, Ken show. Ken Anderson's last show with WWE. Yeah. I remember that. With that weird five-on-five match. Yeah. yeah. Anything else? Any other final news notes? Matt, do you have the solution to bring back wrestling fans to attending live shows? Anything. Before we get off the air here tonight. Nope. It's funny. I was talking to... So, Matt, you'll you'll listen to this on Ryback's podcast. But I was talking about how... We were talking about promos. And I was talking about how you deliver killer promos. And you just haven't had that chance on a national scale, you know, as, as much. And and he was talking about the same thing. Like how he had to deliver these shit-ass promos. So, anyway, we're, we had a little discussion about that on the latest... On Ryback's latest podcast. So, if you check that out. Sweet. Check out, check it out, check out Raj. He hangs out on uh, Ryback's podcast as well. So that's it for us tonight. If you like what we did here, guys, please um, subscribe to us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast from. Listen to the audio version. Follow us on YouTube, right? Get get the video version every week. Check us out on Wrestling Inc. Um, and just give us a rating. That really does help everybody else find out about what we do. Mm-hmm. So that about wraps it up here for us. Um, he is at Raj Geary underscore 303. He is at BP Matt Morgan. Um, I am at The Real Wiseman. We will be back Monday night. Um, I know Matt and Raj will be for Raw postgame shows. I'll be back Tuesday on the Winkly with Nick Hosman. And, um, yeah, that's it. Thanks, everybody. We will catch you next time here at Wrestling Inc.